Hello, my friends. Welcome again to the Deeper Daily Podcast. This is Paul. It's the 28th day of December, and I just want to encourage you today. We have just a couple of days left before we air for you back-to-back essay editions, and I'll talk to you about the essay edition tomorrow, uh, But and I'm also going to introduce tomorrow what, what's coming up in the new year for our podcast, because we have another direction to go beginning on the 1st of January. But for today, sort of this final day, before we do these next few things or new things, I just wanted to come on and read one more text from this entire Advent Christmas season. Uh, It's a text we've read before, but I want to take it from the angle of what this would have looked like to the audience of that day and what it looks like to you and I. Matthew chapter 1, the angel says to Joseph, In verse 21, she will bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus. This is the, this is the Aramaic translation of what the Hebrew would have said, Yeshua, for he will save his people from their sins. That's Matthew chapter one, verse 21. When I hear that verse, I think in spiritual terms, Jesus came to save me from all the things I do wrong, to save me from the judgment attached to the things I do wrong, to save me from the condemnation attached to the things I do wrong. And when it says sins, my first thought, of course, are the breaches against covenant or, or the breaches against Ten Commandments, the things that I do that are wrong or the things I left undone that I should have done. But I think... It's deeper than that, even from our context, not just from theirs. I'll start with ours because it's what we can understand the, the most. It's deeper than just the things I do wrong. Yeshua, Savior, has come to save his own from all of their own, his people from their sins. He's taking what belongs to him and saving it from the things that belong to them. So my sins then are not just things I do against the Ten Commandments. My sins are all of my flaws, my errors, my mistaken judgments, my bad decisions, the things that appear to lessen me. He saves me from what lessens me. And by lessen, I mean the things that make me less. They make me think less of myself. They make me feel less of myself. I don't think these are just breaches against the Ten Commandments. I think this is anything that we lower ourselves to, anything that we step away from the standards of our identity, of knowing who we are. These are sins. There's a lot of theological discussions of what sin looks like, but to me that's, from our context, the, the deeper, the more full way of seeing this text. I read a quote this week by H.G. Wells. Many know H.G. Wells as a a writer. He's a historian. He was not a believer, and he says so himself. Listen to this quote. It's just jumped out at me. I am an historian. I am not a believer. But I must confess as an historian that this penniless preacher from Nazareth is irrevocably the very center of history. Jesus Christ is easily the most dominant figure 
in all history. Now, that's spoken by a historian, not a believer, self-admitted. I, I, I like the phrase penniless preacher from Nazareth. That's a good start. Irrevocably, the very center of history. We talked about this the other day, that whether you like it or not, even the calendar revolves around Jesus. But I like Wells's last statement maybe the most of all. Jesus Christ is easily the most dominant figure in all history. Well, it would not have looked that way. It would not have looked that way at his birth. It would not have looked that way in his life. And it most certainly would not have looked that way in his death. You see, for us, when we think of Jesus, Yeshua, the Savior, we think of him conquering sin. But the Jewish idea of a Messiah was an earthly one, a military figure, one who would one who would overthrow the powers of Rome, one who would set them free from the iron fist of Caesar. That's why when I see Matthew one twenty one, in my context, I see this as sort of an internal spiritual salvation. But in a Jewish context, let's go back to their day. In their day, they saw deliverers as having nothing to do with the spirit realm. They saw a deliverer as being someone who would remove their oppressor. And that salvation was not simply the removal of the oppressor, it was the restoration of position. So they were always looking back to look forward. Their Messiah had to knock off the shackles of whatever bound them now so that they could be restored to what they had yesterday. The oppressor in the Jewish mindset did not exist because the devil was out to get them. The oppressor existed because they had sinned. And the fact that they had sinned meant that they were underneath some sort of justice. Now, you can say that they thought it was God doing it to them. You can say they thought it was the devil doing it to them. You can say they thought it was circumstance doing it to them. But they had precedent. Way back in Judges... Uh, let me just let me just go back to Judges chapter 2 for a moment. The Bible tells us in Judges 2, right after Joshua dies, that the children of, Israel, children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served Baals. And then, deeper in the chapter, it says, And the Lord raised up judges to deliver them out of the hand of those that plundered them, and then he would be moved with pity. And then, when that judge died, they would revert back to their behavior, and the Lord would get angry with them again. And this cycle that happened over and over again, was seen by Israel as what they were cycling through in Rome. And they were waiting for a Messiah. Not necessarily the ultimate Messiah, but the latest Messiah. The latest, quote-unquote, judge. What they got in Jesus was one who flipped it all over. He did things unlike it had ever been done before. He stepped into victory by stepping into death. He did not pull the sword and hold it in his hand. He spoke, and the word of his mouth brought forth life. He went into the grave so he could come out a new creation. He did save his people from their sins. He is saving his people from their sins, and he ever shall save his people from their sins. Tomorrow, we'll talk about the upcoming essay edition, but I'm going to introduce what's next, where we will go at the first of the year. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless.